welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Well, if you are here last Sunday or if you streamed online, you would have seen Pastor Allison preach a message on the motivation gifts. How many people appreciated that from Romans chapter 12? Was that a great message? So that's part of a bigger series called Living in the Spirit. And uh, this morning, I'll be talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation gifts of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Next Sunday, I'll be talking about the fivefold or the ministry gifts from Ephesians chapter 4. Um, so if you would, pull out your Bibles. Let's get ready for 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to get straight into it today. So you got your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Okay, keep it in there. We're not going to read it just yet. I want to read, if I can, from 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 to 11. Can you put that up on the screens, please, Lachlan? It says this, as each one has received a gift. Can everyone say each one? Each one. Each one. Not some, not to select few, but each one. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of of God. And then it says further down in verse 11, it says, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is an important verse for us for a couple of reasons. We're talking about the gifts um, that God gives, whether it be motivational gifts, whether it be manifestation gifts, whether it be ministry gifts, it's important to understand a few things. Who is the giver of the gifts? Oh, he gives the gifts, doesn't he? God gives the gifts. And who gets the gifts? We all get them. It's not just the one holding a microphone. We all have gifts. As soon as we have Christ Jesus, we have access to an unlimited wealth of supply. Every single person. But then it also says something. It says, serve one another with it. This is what it says in uh, the New Living Translation. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. Further down it says, then everything you do will bring glory to who? Yourself? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) It'll bring glory to who? Through Jesus Christ. That's right. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. So God gives the gifts. We do the stewarding and we do the serving, but He gets the glory. That's very important for us. Sometimes we forget that the gifts are not about us just because we steward or we serve a gift with a gift. It's not about us, it's about Him. And every gift that God gives will tell us something about Him. Have you ever received a gift from someone before? And it tells you so very much about the person that's given that gift. Any people love giving gifts here? It'll tell you something about that person. When God gives a gift, He does it with intention and design. It's, it's, it's not an accident. He's a gift for you and you and you. And in a sense, He's very generous, but He has intention and design. So if you love Jesus, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, have a guess what? You've got gifts living within you. Our responsibility is to do something with it, to take care of it, to steward it, to grow in it and flow in it, and to give 
him the glory because of it. I'm going to ask Gary if you can stand up for us and read. Can you read through from verse 1 to verse 11 in the New Kingy, please? New King James. Sure. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Beautiful. Gary, before you sit down, can you do me a favour? Read just verse 7 for me again. Verse 7. It's an important verse for us. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Thank you for accentuating that, Gary. I couldn't have done it without you today. So three things from verse 7. The Spirit manifests himself through the gift. So it says, the manifestation of the Spirit, the revelation, the demonstration of the Holy Spirit is given to us all for the profit of all. So it's given to each for the profit of all. So when the Holy Spirit gives a gift, it reveals himself. Remember, a gift reveals about the giver. The Holy Spirit gives a gift. It is for the profit of others, not just you. Which means we shouldn't just prioritize building a a ministry around my gift and me. Because the gift is to give who the glory? God the glory. And it's to serve one another. But we also have a responsibility to steward, to take care of what we have, so that we can better serve one another. It also says... um, uh, We all have a gift, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. So if you love Jesus, you have His Spirit living inside of you, right now you need to know you have a gift, at least one within you. Every single person. Every single person. Can I have my my little bag over there? Thanks, Gary. So have a guess, have a guess what you think might be in this bag. No, it's not makeup. I'll give you a clue. Kids, what do you reckon's in this bag? Yell it out. <laughs> Stay focused, Josh. <laughs> I've got so many things to say right now, but I won't. Yes. 
Tools. Plenty of tools in this bag. Oh, Josh, it's a tool holding tools. <laughs> so many things to say. So, I've got a hammer. What else have we got here? I didn't actually go through this bag before someone gave it to me this morning. I have a, a spanner. All right, very good. I've got a shifting spanner too. Isn't that nice? Oh, that was a ratchet. Oh, geez. Bolt cutters. <laughs> Why have we got bolt cutters in this? <laughs> I need I say more. So when we have Jesus, this is what happens. Right? We have Jesus. We have this toolkit within us. You understand that? Now, while we all have um, specialties, we have certain gifts that we excel in, while we have access to Jesus at any given time, any one of those tools can be used. But God certainly does enable some to be really good at using one tool <laughs> more than other tools. <laughs> but what the Lord says is steward what I give to you, what I have enabled you or especially skilled you to use, do it well to serve someone else. Not to pump up your own tires, but to bless other people. So the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, he, the Spirit gives gifts to God's people for the benefit of all, and it also tells us something about Him, that He cares about us. He wants to show us something. He wants to do something through us, and He wants to say something to us. So let's go to now... Some verses, verses 8 to 10. I'm going to read that. These are the gifts mentioned. There are nine here. Okay, so for, for those taking notes on the back table there, if you want your chockies, there are nine gifts that are mentioned just here. For to one is given the word of wisdom... Through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. And there are three words at the end here. It says, as He wills. As He wants. Not how I want. Not how you want. But how the Holy Spirit wants. So if you have a problem with a gift that you've got, <laughs> take it up with a man upstairs. Take it up with the Lord. Or if, if there's a gift that you want to see flowing and active in your life, take it up with God himself. It's important. Okay, so let's start talking about these gifts. There are nine gifts mentioned. And just by way of helping us work things out, I like lists, I like categories. I've got them in three classes. Okay, The first class... Of gifts, the first three gifts are uh, gifts that reveal something. They're revelation gifts. 
gifts that reveal something. The second is what we call power gifts. They're gifts that do something. Gifts that do something. And the third, uh, we say, are vocal gifts. Gifts that say something. Gifts that say something. Okay, so let's talk about the revelation gifts. These three gifts, can we put them up on the screen, please? These are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. The word of wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? Your version might say the utterance or the ability to give a message with wise advice. A word of wisdom is a supernatural word or understanding, excuse me, a word of understanding or direction that God gives you in a particular situation. It's a supernatural word of understanding or direction that God gives you in a particular situation. It's not just something you read in a book. It's supernatural. When the Holy Spirit does something, He's a Holy Spirit. He does something supernaturally. And, and for us, the, the whole conversation around the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts might be spooky. Let's de-spook that conversation and understand that we can be naturally supernatural. So we have a Holy Spirit living within this temple, within this tent, within this body. And at times, He's going to call for us to do incredibly supernatural things. Like you might be in a situation and God gives you something unique, a prompting. Jesus encourages His people in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 19 and 20. Jesus prophesies in this moment and He says to His disciples, there is going to come a time where you'll be brought before people. And you will be needing to give an answer. But don't worry. I'm going to show you what to say. I'm going to give you insight. That's an example. Jesus prophesying about word of wisdom. What do I do? What do I say? Jesus says, take a chill pill. I will look after you. Many of us, I believe, as, as God's children, move with the gifts of the Spirit. At times, we just write it off. And a word of wisdom could be one of those moments. Have you ever just found yourself in a situation and you thought, how, how did I know that? How, how did I know that? How did I know that? That, that? That's really what was going on here. Or after you've spoken something, some advice to someone, you've given some advice that you knew was, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's too good for me. That's way above my pay grade. Don't write it off. That could be the Holy Spirit. So when you get those little promptings, let your spidey senses go up a little bit. Oh, maybe God, is that you? Is that you, Lord? Pay attention. Don't squash it. Don't squelch it. Don't suppress it. Just go with the flow, baby. It could be God. Word of wisdom. Second one, the word of knowledge. Supernatural insight that God gives you in a particular situation that you just know something you just know something about someone or a circumstance or a situation example here is John chapter 4 verse 16 to around about verse 20 Jesus has a dialogue with a woman at the well you know that woman at the well and so she's waiting it's around about midday and uh, Jesus has this conversation with her and and so he he just says all right let, let me let me try this party trick out right about now He's trying to show her something 
about his deity, about the fact that he's God, not just a prophet, but he's God. And he says, hey, okay, go get your husband. And the woman says, oh, actually, uh, uh, no, I'm not married at the moment. And Jesus knew something in that moment. He says, no, you're not married, but you've been married five times. And the guy you're with right now is not your husband. She goes, holy moly, how did you know that? That's Jesus flexing some muscle right there. He knew some things. He knew some things. And so, when God shows you something, when he reveals something to you that, that, is, that is out of the ordinary, go with it. Maybe it's God. A couple of Sundays ago, we were here in a service. You would have seen Pastor Brett was on stage and he had a word of knowledge for someone in the room, uh, a right leg, a sore right leg that was playing up, right? And we had Pastor Alan McFadden put his hand up straight away. And this is what often happens when the Holy Spirit moves us in the word of knowledge. It's often accompanied with something else like a healing. And so what happened in that moment was, that's me, we prayed and straight away your leg was healed, right? That's a word of knowledge, someone moving in the word of knowledge. Have you ever moved in a word of knowledge before? you just known something. You just, it's, it's, I don't know how I know this, I just do. I remember talking to a man that was um, from Taiwan, did not understand English. Did not, they, we were through an interpreter. We were praying together, and as we're praying, I just felt to pray for his lower back. I, I don't know why I'm praying for this guy's lower back. I said, God wants to heal you. What happened? He, through the interpreter, says, yes, that's my back. And he was healed in that spot. How does that happen? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. Now, if we just go, oh, that's just a crazy, that's just a crazy thought. Oh, I, I don't know what that is. That's probably just pizza from last night. I'm thinking that random thought. You're going to potentially miss out on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you for the glory of God. Right. Word of knowledge. And the final one there is uh, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. A supernatural ability to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit or demonic spirits or just the spirit of man. I'll say that again. Discerning of spirits. Now, all of these gifts reveal something or show something, but particularly these three. The last in this category, discerning of spirits, it's the supernatural ability to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit or demonic spirits, or just the spirit of man. It is not the gift of criticism. <laughs> it is not the gift of finding faults with other people. It's not the gift of mind reading. It's not the gift of psychic phenomena. It's not even the gift of discerning. It's the gift of discerning spirits. So what spirit is in operation right now? Is this the Holy Spirit? Is it a demonic spirit? Or is it just a person in their own flesh acting the way that they are? In Acts 16, Acts 16, there's an example of, of um, Paul and Silas. And there was this, uh, this woman following them around, this slave girl. And there was a spirit of divination attached to her. Do you remember that story? It's a fascinating story. Check it out. Acts chapter 16. And um, 
as she's harassing them, he turns around, rebukes her, releases the spirit from her, gets him in trouble at the end of the day. But there's an example of discerning what spirit was at play in that situation. Have you ever walked into a room or you've come into contact with someone and you've just felt in your heart something's just not quite right? You felt something. I don't know what this is. It's not that you don't like how they've combed their hair that day. It's not that, oh, I don't like they didn't brush their teeth. It's that, no, there's something not right here and I can't put my finger on it. In that moment, pay attention. Lord, what are you trying to show me? Are you trying to say something to me in this moment? We all have the Holy Spirit. We've got the same access. Just be sensitive and step out and just play it out a little bit. I had a friend, I have a friend, Murray Walton. I haven't seen him for a number of years. But Murray Walton, um, he moved in a strong way with this. He would, um, he would at times even see demonic beings. He would see them. He would see them. I shot, anyone ever seen a demon before? Yep, there are a few of us that have. Many of us have not. Many of us probably won't. But we can still have that sense. There's something, I don't know what that is. Or you might hear something. Not just see something. When you get that, say, Lord, what do you want me to do about that? That's the first thing. Whenever God shows you something, don't be presumptuous and prescriptive and say, this is what I must do. Say, Lord, what do I do with this? And bring it before the Lord. And see what he says so we're okay with those three revelation gifts the second power gifts gifts that do something gifts that do something the first one is faith gift of faith that's a pretty easy one the gift of faith is supernatural faith that comes when your own faith reaches its limits And then you start believing for what you normally would not be able to believe for. It's when your own human faith comes to a certain point and then there is this overflow of faith that comes from the Spirit of God. Remember when uh, in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter is there and... uh, What does Pete do? He starts to, as he sees Jesus, as he hears Jesus call, he is inspired by faith and he starts to walk on the water. Now, normal human rationale would say, Pete, you're a clown, don't do this, mate. But there was this supernatural measure of faith that caused Peter to start to walk on the water. Have you, ever, have you ever believed for something that just has not computed before? It doesn't make sense. You've been told by the doctor. You've been told by a loved one. You've been told by a neighbor that this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And you just say, I know that's what it looks like, but I can't explain this. God is giving me a measure of faith to believe otherwise. Bill Durham in this church was given a, um, a, a dire... Um, a synopsis from his doc- doctor with cancer. You've heard, many of you have heard his story before. 
his PSA count was going up from two to three to four, and then it started to climb. But he said that he heard God when he was going for a walk. He heard God speak into his heart that he would be healed. From the moment of hearing that word from God, he moved in this realm of faith and he says, I know that's what they've said, but pastor, can you just pray for me? And we'd pray for him here. We'd put an oil on him out in the foyer. His PSA count, his, his, his reading went right up to about eight, between eight and nine, right, which is bad. But he just kept believing. He had faith. Have a guess what? It climbed down, crawled down next to nothing. He's healed. I said, give me that medical certificate. I want to see the doctor's report. I've seen it. I've got it on file. And many of you have seen it. What happened there? That's a measure of faith that only God could give him. Has God ever given you a measure of faith for something or someone like that? What are you believing for? And if you feel you've just got the tiniest bit, like in Mark 9, this, 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 this bloke, this disciple says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe you're like that. Well, with your belief, say, hey, Lord, I just need your faith. I, I, I need you to give me something. Give me that measure of faith. Because where we are faithless, he is faithful. He is the faithful one. He is, all we need is, he does the top up, baby. He does more than enough. In and of ourselves, there's not much we can bring, but he does. A gift of faith. Lord, may we move in this realm. Another one, gift of healings. Your version might say gifts of healing or gift of healings. Very easily supernatural healing that takes place. I'm not talking about Panadol or Nurofen. Not against those things. I do frequent those drugs from time to time. But we're talking about a supernatural, a divine healing that comes. Acts 3, we see Peter healed a crippled beggar. He moves in faith and then healing comes. He says, hey, silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And have a guess what? He does exactly that. Has God ever called for you to pray for someone? Maybe just to lay hands on them? What's the first question that we tend to ask is, what if I fail? Like, what if it doesn't work? What if I look like an idiot? But God's supposed to get the glory, not us anyway. I was challenged by this. Um, some of you heard the story. Like, it, it sticks in my mind. I was trying to sell a shed uh, from Gumtree and this guy, this Swedish guy Bjorn comes over he looks to buy a shed and I'm, I'm hoping he pays me $1,000 for this old shed in my backyard. I don't want to wreck the relationship, you know. We're, we're, there's a bit of mojo going on. He's ready to buy that shed off me. But I see him limping and he explains to me that it's 60 years old. Uh, he fell off his bike and, and his, uh, he had a, a severe injury in his foot. And his middle toe on his right foot, as he's hobbling, was pulled into his foot. He had a pretty bad injury. And, uh, and I thought, should I just pray for him? Or Even though he just told me he doesn't believe in God. But I'm getting this prompting to pray for him. Like, what do I do? Do I pray for him? Do I not? And if it doesn't work, like, will he come back? Because I want my thousand bucks. I want to get rid of this shed. 
<laughs> Just being honest with you. Don't judge me. Look at the halos popping up all over the room right now. So I prayed for him, put my hand on him and, and uh, just stepped out in faith. And as he got into his car, he started freaking out when he noticed that his toe had extended, that his toe grew. He took a photo of it on his phone. I was so nervous. I, I, what, if I, what, 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 what if it doesn't work? Well, that's, that's beyond my mandate. I'm just called to pray, to lay hands on the sick. That's my mandate. And I'll let God take care of the results. Two days later, he texted me. He says, Josh, I think you've made a believer out of me. To God be the glory. How many of those little moments have I just brushed off? How many times have I just gone, oh, no, what if I mess it up? uh, What if I look like an idiot, a dingbat? What if I make Jesus look like a fool? And, And I reason away my need for courage. But do you know, when we have the Holy Spirit working in us, he often pushes us. He's saying, come on, you can do it. I want to do something. I want to show off Christ to this person. Working of miracles, the last power gift. Supernatural events with precise timing that bring glory to God. How about Joshua telling the sun to stand still? That's in the Old Testament. New Testament, how about Jesus turning water into wine? That's a pretty cool trick. Hey, have that guy come to your wedding or your party, save you a lot of money. <laughs> he just get water and then there's wine everywhere. That's a pretty cool trick. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Vickers, many of you have uh, heard him minister before, tells a number of these stories. In fact, back in Thailand, um, he'll tell the story of back in Thailand, raising someone from the dead. That's like, How do you do that? How does that happen? Well, God still does that. Do you know God still does this sort of stuff? It's not just in a book that we read. He's still doing those sorts of things today. And at times there are little unctions or these movings, these, these graces that come upon us to just pray for someone. Even if they're dead. If he can do it in relationships, why can't he do it over bodies? Do we believe or not? Okay, so we have... Revelation gifts, we've talked about. Power gifts, we've just mentioned. And now the final three, vocal gifts. Vocal gifts, gifts that say something. How are your kids going at the back there? Are you good? If you look really carefully, one of the questions is Bible. What Bible reference? If you look on that toolbox up there, you'll see a little Bible reference for you. Oh, there's one of the answers. Okay. Vocal gifts, gifts that say something. First one, prophecy. Prophecy. Now, this is not the same as the mantle of a prophet in Ephesians 4. We're going to talk about that. It's different. It's different. This prophecy is supernatural insight into what God is saying and delivering it. And if you want help understanding what this is, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3, it mentions that prophecy is there to encourage, to edify, and to bring consolation. This is not the gift of fortune telling. Hello? It's not the gift of quoting scripture either. Though scripture is prophetic. In the Bible, when the Holy Spirit moves in this way, right, He is 
he is declaring and speaking, God, the Holy Spirit is speaking out through us what God is wanting to say. Has God ever moved in you, through you, with this gift before? It's often spontaneous. When prophecy comes, the Bible says, don't despise it, but to test it. Test prophecy. If someone calls, hey, my name's Prophet Shabubu. <laughs> Follow me at prophetshabubu.com ministries. <laughs> no. What's the Lord saying? And God does move. He has these prophetic unctions that move through his people. And whenever someone gives you a prophetic word, you feel it might be prophetic, which might be through a person, it might be through scripture, it might be through a dream. If you get a prophetic unction, test it. Line it up with the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And if you're really wanting a, a, a greater measure, bounce it off someone. Bounce it off someone. Someone you trust spiritually. An oversight perhaps, or a life group leader, or a good co-laborer, someone like a spiritual running mate. Bounce it off them. Otherwise, we become all flaky. And if we, if, we, if we function in isolation and we're receiving all these prophetic words and all these prophetic unctions and there's no testing of it, you know what happens, don't you? We become a law unto ourselves. But we are created from community for community and discipleship best happens in community. We need one another. We need each other. That's prophecy. The final one, I'm going to put tongues and interpretation of tongues together. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. There's been a lot of confusion around this one over the years, I think. And I think it's, uh, it's caused division amongst many Christians. But in short, it's supernatural utterance in a person that manifests in another language. We are not here talking about prayer language. It's different. We're not talking about praying in tongues. This is a language that God gives you to declare a message that is given. So in Acts chapter 2, we see the message in different tongues, different languages. And people could understand it. They could interpret it in their own language. Our everyday devotional prayer language, we can read about Romans chapter 8, talks about this, that when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness with, with, with words, with utterances, even groanings too deep for words. It's, it's something that the Holy Spirit gives us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he, 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 he prays, he, he does tongues more than anybody. And can I also say that gifts of the Spirit are no measure of maturity either? Because the church at Corinth were incredibly immature. There was sin in that church. And so Paul says, hey, look, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. I want you to know about the gifts of the Spirit. But don't think that just because you have these gifts or are moving in these gifts, that you are just like Jesus and that you are mature, and that you are complete, lacking nothing. A greater measure of our maturity is fruit of the Spirit. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't I? So if you really want to celebrate God in someone, look at the fruit of their lives. Because you can still have a lot of the world in you, and I'm talking about fleshliness, carnality, and move in the Spirit. In the, in the, the, the church at Corinth, 
They were speaking in tongues galore and they were bragging about it. That's why Paul addresses it. But when he talks about um, tongues, he also wants there to be order in the church when there is a message of tongues. And he wants someone who gives tongues to be able to have someone that interprets the tongues. Why? So that we can see edification in that church. The purpose of it is so that we can be edified. And tongues and interpretation of tongues together equals prophecy. We were in a, uh, an encounter prayer service here, maybe uh, middle last year, I remember, end of last year. And I was, I remember walking around and I just felt, I feel like we're going to move in uh, um, uh, uh, a message of tongues now. I don't know what that is. I didn't tell anyone at that point. I said, Lord, what is that? And I couldn't shake it. I then went to Scott Jones, Pastor Scott Jones, Ellenbrook Pastor, and I said, hey, mate, I don't know what this is. I feel like someone's got a message of tongues. He says, that is the weirdest thing. I felt the exact same thing. And that doesn't happen every week. Pete Wiegand comes up, and he gives a message in tongues in that very meeting. And someone interprets that. How does that happen? Well, that's the same spirit working in that meeting. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit and his gifts is that he doesn't want to just reduce his ministry to a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. Do you know... This might, the lights are about to switch on for some of us. Do you know you take the Holy Spirit with you when you leave this building? When you're having coffee with someone, you've got the Holy Spirit with you. Did you know that? Man, that's good preaching right there. When you go home and you're scrubbing up your dishes, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. When you're there with the kids, when you're there at work, when you're at the gym, you've got the Holy Spirit with you. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit wants to show Jesus off a little bit more outside of the four walls of a Sunday morning. You're picking up what I'm putting down. So, whether it be revelation gifts, whether it be power gifts, whether it be vocal gifts, gifts that reveal or show something, whether it be gifts that do something, whether it be gifts that say something, whenever we are walking with Jesus, which is 24-7, if you, if you get a little prompting, then just take a pause. Put the pause on, just... Shout out the distraction, say, Lord, what is that? What is that? And then ask him this question. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with that? Don't just ignore it. Don't just suppress it. Don't just kick it out the door. Don't just say I'm too busy. Don't just say it was the curry from two nights ago finally coming up again. Don't do that. It could just be the Holy Spirit wanting to reveal Jesus through you. So as we finish, I would love for us to just pray and wait on him now. In this room right now, I can promise you this. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you've got all you need. Everything you need for life and godliness is in you right now. Right now. He's given you something because he's given you someone. And we're just called to take care of that well. So what I'd love for us to do is just to 
pray together before we finish. Can we do that? And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show us some things. He might remind us of situations where he's moved and acted. He might prompt us with situations or circumstances where he wants to speak or flow through you. Or he might even want to tell you, hey, listen, I've actually got this in you and I want you to start to step forward in courage. Because fear has got to go out the door. Boldness has got to live within. And as we step out in boldness, watch and see what he does. Are we ready to pray just now? If you're comfortable, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Whether we are in this room or whether we're streaming from home, we ask your Holy Spirit to reveal, to act, to speak. And just now as we can hear the rain just trickle on the roof, we just are mindful of your Holy Spirit who's working in us, on us, and through us all of the time. And right now in this window, we ask for you to speak, remind, act, and work. We wait on you right now, Lord. Father, we thank you for your grace, which is more than enough. Your Holy Spirit works in us and through us more than we could possibly know. And we thank you that day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, you've been flowing through us. As a people, we ask that you would help us pay attention to that just a little bit more. Help us be more mindful of your ministry through us. And we also ask where there is fear in our hearts, where there is distraction in our minds. Lord, may faith and courage come. May clarity and focus come. As we're given these little moments as we go to school or university, as we go to coffee or lunch with friends, we ask that we pay attention to the promptings and move forward in boldness, that we would see your kingdom come and people would fall in love with Jesus more every day. Would you help us be a people that we don't get sidetracked or distracted and look too much at the gifts, but we look at the giver of the gifts? And that we appreciate the giver of the gifts, not the holder of the gifts. And that we see that the gifts 
are for the edification of the church, the building up of the church, the strengthening of the church. And Lord, in the process, we pray that we would win many souls as we move in your gift. So Lord, here this morning, we want to be mobilized to a greater measure. Would you mobilize the troops to serve, to love, to save and set free by the power of your Spirit? And all of the people said, Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au. Thank you.